Welcome to Coffee House. So we were attacked. Um, still not quite sure what happened. We've got some important stuff, obviously, to get to today, but it was pretty large and comprehensive kind of attack. It shut down the website. I I spent a week wondering what the hell was going on, and then another week working with the the host to try to get it fixed, to get it back up. So the website's been down. I haven't been able to upload any new content or anything like that, and it was very concerning. <laughs> I'll say that. I mean, the website's been up for years, and this this the first time I've ever had this kind of a problem. I don't think it was content-based or anything like that, but it definitely was coordinated and concerted. So I had to do a lot of things, try to get it functional again, and put in place some defenses there so that this couldn't happen again. So that's why. That's why it has this lull in the uploads. I had so many things. I have a new whole type of content that I want to start putting up. I was finally able to resolve some of the cases that I had pending that were all backed up from the shutdown. So finally had some time and everything just, (laughs) everything got obliterated. So now we're back, though, and I was traveling, and in the midst of my traveling, when I was in just a beautiful, amazing, gorgeous place, uh, I learned of the passing of one of the great humans of Norm MacDonald. There are good people, there are bad people, there are people in between, then there are cataclysmic people, ones that rattle the rest just by virtue of having existed, and Norm MacDonald was a cataclysm. He had such a unique approach to comedy. It was a damn near religious invocation, the style of comedy that he had. You know, there's some that I think of. If you've heard the joke, then it's instantly recognizable when somebody mentions it, like the moth joke or the logic joke. He's not only one of my favorite comedians, I mean, easily top three, but one of my favorite human beings of all time. The guy was a genius and had this amazing character that was layered on top of it. And uh, I just, I loved his work. He's got one stand-up special, as far as I know, on iTunes. It's called Me Doing Stand-Up, and it's something, before he died, for a good three or four weeks leading up to his death, I was listening to all of his stuff, especially that and the other album that he has on there, which isn't stand-up, it's it's like a variety hour kind of album. But I was listening to those things over and over again, and I thought it would do, while I was, I was um, traveling, I thought it would do some kind of justice uh, to pick up his book, his autobiography based on a true story, and give that a read and then do an episode about that once I got the website back up. So here we are. And it was incredible learning all of the reality behind the man, all the very real reality that that shows up in this book. And so as always, we will go through the contents of the book, we will do an analysis, and then we'll talk about some big picture stuff to see how it fits in the broader context of what we know and don't know. So first, the contents of Based on a True Story by Norm MacDonald. The book, I'm going to give away some of the mechanics of it, but I'm not, I'm going to try to avoid some major spoilers, uh, so everybody will go get this. I'm going to kind of jump to the end a little bit here and say, you better damn read this book, and we'll touch on that again, (laughs) but... It's the story of Norm MacDonald. You know, it it has his early childhood. It's got some stand-up, early stand-up. It's got his work on SNL. It's got him attempting to hire a hitman. And when he goes to prison, when he works on Weekend Update and how all that came about on SNL, getting fired from SNL and getting a movie. I mean, it's got so many things about the things that he did throughout his life. And it's all written in a very unique Norm MacDonald kind of way. So people like uh, Lorne Michaels, you know, the patriarch over at SNL, who's been there for a very long time, you know, he turns up a lot. He's a prominent character in Norm's life. 
and important people like Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler is apparently one of the major links between Norm and getting access to this kind of world, to SNL and to Hollywood and the like. And working with David Spade and other people on the show and, um, of course, his well-publicized and known obsession with Sarah Silverman and the issue, the love triangle, that was not. um, It was really a love line. It wasn't a triangle. But between Sarah Silverman and David Tell, so that uh, where Norm ended up having a you know very hostile inclinations towards David Tell because of this, so you know he goes through all these these things, you know, very important aspects of his life, of course, and the uh, the big OJ jokes. <laughs> Remember all the OJ jokes, the weekend updates, where he just tore into OJ week after week after week, <laughs> and uh, apparently, and this was something that I had heard of, you know, I'd heard of little tidbits about it, but I hadn't known all the details about all the various... I watched a complete compilation of all the OJ jokes, and my god, there were a lot of them. But one of the major heads at SNL was actually good friends with OJ, so there was something that came to a head there. But then another... uh, I know Norm has this, or he had this... Oh, sad to say. He had this show on Netflix. It was the Norm MacDonald show live or something like that or norman donald has a show or something and it was just like him and adam egget and they would meet with people they had like david spade on there and david letterman and other people named david and they would just talk about a bunch of nonsense they had their little blue card jokes that they would read i remember what was his name the guy who was who had a big part in curb your enthusiasm who passed away ultra no what was his name super super dave see i told you they're all davids so super dave was on there and when when norm mcdonald read that joke on the blue card that said like a gold chain is a really good gift for a very loyal slave or something like that and super day just just loses it he's like you said that can you i did you actually say that that's so horrible oh that's so hilarious but it's a great show i don't even know what oh adam egget that's right so adam egget's another one that comes up he met adam egget um when adam was uh prominent for um jerking guys off under a bridge apparently so this is um I'm sure there's a more delicate way of of putting that. He was performing a service uh, with his hand for um, gentlemen under a bridge. So he met him there, and then they they had this kind of superhero sidekick relationship thereafter. Not like the the homosexual one between Batman and Robin, but more like a um, a buddy buddy thing. And then following that, he had a bunch of gambling issues. There were a whole bunch of gambling issues. You know, he was losing all of his money all the time because he was gambling a ton, you know, on games, football games, basketball games, baseball games, uh, curling. You know, he lost a bunch of money on curling. I think he put some on hopscotch at some point, but he didn't really understand the rules and that didn't go well. So uh, he had a lot of problems with that one. He had an attempted suicide. He should have practiced more because it didn't work out. But him and Adam just, they were, they were really close. So... He gets the movie, you know, he gets a movie at a certain point with dirty work and he has to go cast it and sees a guy on Mad TV. And so cast him and they have the movie and then the movie comes out and makes, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. It's the highest grossing movie of all time adjusted for inflation, you know, with Gone with the Wind and uh, the Avengers or whatever, the most recent that other Avengers uh, being being close, but not not quite up to Dirty Work's par. Um, it was widely, widely enjoyed by critics i mean it got uh, i think 100 percent on every critic you know it's five out of five 10 out of 10 15 out of 15 and 100 percent on on every critical website out there so it was a it was a great coup for him for norm mcdonald 
But of course, his passion is just uh, saying lengthy, sometimes awkward jokes to late night hosts. I mean, that's what he really was about. And so he did a bunch of that thereafter. And if you haven't heard, you know, some of those, I mean, there's one who was talking about that. Michael Knowles, that's who it was talking about how he had this lengthy back and forth over email with Norm Macdonald because they had connected on Twitter at some point and how he could just tell like they would talk about Russian literature. They'd talk about like Dostoevsky and Tolstoy and stuff. And so Norm puts on this affect when he's doing his comedy where he's kind of bumbling and doesn't really understand things and all that, which creates this really fertile ground for the kinds of jokes that he does. But Michael Knowles was talking about how the guy is just, he's so smart, so incredibly smart, and knows about so much and so much of history and and religion and uh, literature and all that sort of thing. So just an amazing all-around person. And definitely just, it's a blight on history that we didn't cure death before this guy passed. Anyway, so that's that's the book. There's there's a lot in there. Obviously, um, I definitely think that you should read it. If you're listening to this and you haven't listened to any of my other recommendations, <laughs> then, then please just do this one uh, just to honor this guy. And thereafter, you can switch on to Nietzsche, you know, the only human being to have ever lived that was actually worthy of admiration, we'll say. So then you should read all of Nietzsche's works, but you're going to have to read his works many, many times to really get what's going on there. And then, you know, second to that is anything done by Norm MacDonald and then like Plato and Aristotle uh, under those guys. So all jokes aside, in my analysis here, all jokes aside, uh, I cannot believe that Norm MacDonald was in jail for attempting to procure an assassin to kill David Tell because he was obsessed with Sarah Silverman. I, um, I'm mostly shocked that David Tell and Sarah Silverman were a thing. I mean, she's pretty, pretty attractive. Uh, I know she dated a What's-His-Man show dude in blackface. Maybe, maybe it was the blackface. Maybe that's what did it for her. But since then, Norm MacDonald has paid his dues to society, so you can't really keep holding that against him. You know, he got out, he was reformed. He had a crazy life. Without giving it away, there are some conceptually adventurous chapters <laughs> that came out of nowhere that I still remember where I was geographically because I was looking at, at these places in, in Florida. I was looking at these houses, and I remember the view that I had when this particular chapter started that I was, like, crying laughing when I was reading. <laughs> When I was listening to it, I was listening to the audiobook when I was driving, and it was it was joyous. But yeah, so I can't I can't recommend it enough. If you like comedy, get it. If you don't, you know, just go work in a salt mine or something like that. Uh, leave us alone. Big picture wise, I just love this idea of the different styles of stand-up. So one person, David Spade, he has one stand-up special that I'm aware of on iTunes, and I listened to that. He's actually a fairly good stand-up. Like He has a lot of funny things, and he does that kind of tethered ultra-realism that you see in a lot of the greatest comics, and, you know, where most of the substrate of the joke is just based on reality. It's like things that would obviously happen, you know, like going on dates, meeting this person, meeting that person, and then you'll have one wacky thing that happens happens and that's you know that's the punchline but you're lulled into the sense because you have all these these normal stories that are going on around it and then you have people who just have you know such conviction in the way that they tell stories that you absolutely believe it even when they're telling you ridiculous things you know i think of dave Chappelle when he told the story about when the baby was on the corner selling crack 
was it crack or maybe it was weed? I can't remember how how bad things have gotten for that baby. But <laughs> there was a baby on the street corner. And I just remember the first few times I heard that joke, because I would go off and do something else with my life and then come back and listen to that joke. And I think it was a real story for a little while. <laughs> and, then, and then the baby would, would say, I got five kids to feed. And then I'd realize that it's probably not especially likely that a baby is both selling crack and has five children. Um, just ma- mathematically, that's kind of a difficult thing to pull off. So, so there's that kind of a style. There's, you know, Louis C.K. He he's kind of this really protean comic where he's able to go in and out of these different kinds of styles. Where he has, you know, just the really basic stories where it's just like hypotheticals and speculation about all these different kinds of people. They can go all sorts of different ways. He could have more tethered, this is what happened kind of stuff and, and go with that. He can have more conceptual things, like of course not, but maybe, <laughs> that just blow you away. I mean, that's why he's definitely, I mean, if not the greatest, he's one of the greatest of all time. And then you've got Norm, who has just these super high concept structures and ideas and all the ways that he tells a joke, you know, all the pauses, all the ums, all the, you know, what words that he repeats over and over again and how he says, you know, you know, (laughs) he says, you know, there's something about the way that he tells that he pulls you along in a way that is so much more effective than a lot of other comedians. You know, there are other comedians like Anthony Jeselnik has a very perfect, clean delivery when he goes through, you know, virtually every joke when he's saying setting it up he'll say the punch or the the setup he'll say the setup twice so that he really pulls you in and gets you settled in this area it's very clean he's not stumbling over his words he just he gets it out here's the setup here's the setup and then he goes to the punchline and it's very clean Norm MacDonald has, you know, it's all like chunky and on top of each other. So he has this affect of just kind of being bumbling. And he sets all these things up and he has all these big concepts, you know, like the moth joke. And then he'll get to something that's funny or he'll lay a bunch of landmines along the way that are just like, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. And it's super, super funny. I just, I absolutely love the work this guy did. And it's one of those things, you know, there are a handful of people throughout history that whenever I'm really down on humanity then I'm just like is it worth it are all these people worth it are any of these people worth it then I'll think about you know this guy and Alexander the Great and and Friedrich Nietzsche um, and myself obviously and those people will make me think that it's it's worth it to some degree there's something worth it out there horribly horribly missed i like it honestly it hurts me physically whenever i think about the fact that he won't be able to do his show anymore uh, with adam egot it seemed like they had such a an interesting dynamic relationship going on there and the when he'd have guests on that show it was like taking comedy back to the roots and it was like people who just love comedy get to enjoy it you know when he has like jerry seinfeld or oh damn it i just i ruined it that's a jerry that's not a david son of a bitch i'm gonna have to cut that but it's a it's a great show, and there's so many funny things, and he has different kinds of people, not just comedians. And uh, I I absolutely love it, love that that it was there, and that they got to do that at least for a little while uh, before he passed. But of course, I'd trade it all if he could just you know not be dead. <laughs> but uh, at least it's there, if nothing else. So. Anyway, obviously, as always, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you sticking by me when it has been a complete headache, whether it's based on, um, you know, just my laziness and not being able to get these things up at a regular interval. It's not necessarily laziness because sometimes I'm just, you know, I'm working 12 to 16 hours in a day and then I just don't have the ability to be able to do it. But And enjoying, you know, even when I had technical difficulties or anything else, still being there and still listening to this stuff, you know, I greatly, greatly appreciate it and, and anybody who interacts with it, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. So 
hopefully everybody, uh, no matter what else is going on in your life, what else you think, what else you want to do or be or ideas you have about anything, that we can all agree that there was something important in this person. And it's sad to see him go. So if you could, this is Coffee House, and uh, I'd appreciate, you know, a great, wonderful review. I'd appreciate any kind of interaction on the YouTube page or anything like that. I, I've got that one book up. Um, I'm going to get a couple more books published coming up here, uh, and I've got the Coffee House Corner on Substack where I'm putting up articles, and I just hope we can we can advance, you know, we can get, get ahead of this, uh, the negative downtrend that's going on in our civilization right now. Hopefully we can help each other do that, but anyway. Be well. I'll see you. All right, bye.